Hey everybody, welcome to the High School Times, a podcast made for high schoolers by a high schooler. High school is a time when we learn things about ourselves that shape us for the rest of our lives, as a place to develop our interests and figure out what makes all of us individually unique. This podcast is meant to broadcast unique student perspectives on the experiences they have lived through, the unique interests they have, and their take on general issues. Whether you're on your way to school, in the shower, or doing some homework, take a little time to turn on an episode and listen in. I'm your host, Jay Jom, and let's get into the episode. Hey guys, welcome to the eighth episode of the High School Times. I know it's been a while since um, the podcast has been off, but we're finally starting again. Summer's cleared up, I'm a little more free, so this podcast will resume bi-weekly as it usually did. Today, I have with me a very special guest, as always. Um, I know I say that every episode, but it's true. All of my volunteers are special. And today I have with me Valentina. Valentina, do you want to say hi? Hi. <laughs> so today um, we're talking about an issue, you know, that's come up recently, like in the Olympics, and it's a big topic now in schools, just in work, and that's mental health. And, you know, today I have with me Valentina because Valentina's done a lot of great work with mental health. She's created a lot of resources. She's very knowledgeable about the subject. So I'm just going to like, you know, we're going to have a quick conversation about, you know, her experience with it, what she's done to help, and, you know, a couple of tips just in case you guys are feeling a little down or not the best mental health, you can, you know, stay healthy, both physically and mentally, right? So I guess my first question, because, you know, when I was younger, I didn't really think about, like, mental health as, like, a thing. I just thought, like, oh, like, I'll always be fine mentally. Like, I don't have, like, PTSD or anything, like, or depression or anything like that. But then, you know, as I'm sort of going into high school, I've noticed that like mental health is like more than that, you know, it's just like staying healthy mentally, like the thoughts you have, they should be healthy thoughts. And they are obviously they influence your everyday decisions. Right. So like, in sort of the same way, I kind of realized that how did you come to realize how mental health was sort of like, you know, like a really important subject in your own experience and just in general? Yeah, I mean, I think it was pretty similarly to what you just described. It was mostly like seeing my friends or family struggle with mental health. Um, particularly one year in my life where it was just like really bad circumstances with my family. And so um, I just started seeing family members like watching their mental health deteriorate and like wanting to understand why and like what was happening in their brains. And that also applies for me directly because obviously external factors like that would impact me as well. Um, And so when I started feeling ways that like I hadn't really felt before, I wanted to understand what was happening and like what can make that happen so i started researching psychology and all that stuff which kind of got me into mental health because i just wanted to find a way to not fix it but help these situations so that like not only myself and my family and friends but like just people everywhere can have resources and like know what they can do to improve their mental health when they might need a boost up so um yeah i mean it was mostly just like seeing other people experience it and like my experience firsthand and wanting to understand it more right so seeing other people affected by it made you want to figure out if there's a solution for it right so Mm -hmm. did that come mainly from that or just like 
like, wow, I have extreme, you know, like whatever, like maybe anxiety, eating disorder, I don't know. But like, you know, they're all classified as like mental health issues, right? So did it, did that inspiration to like fix it, like for yourself also come from your own experiences? And, you know, like, if so, like what, what were they, if you're obviously comfortable sharing? Yeah, um, I think like for me personally, after having experienced like a traumatic year, I started getting a lot of symptoms of PTSD. And so like, since I wasn't diagnosed with anything, I was gonna like speak on what PTSD is like, but I definitely wanted to understand the symptoms more because that made me realize that a lot of people probably have a lot of symptoms of many mental health disorders, even if they're not diagnosed with one, um, which probably leads to have like much bigger stats for like how mental health affects people. Um, but yeah, so for me, one of the biggest ones was panic disorder and uh, sort of like a branch off of PTSD, which is CPTSD, which is complex PTSD. Um, and that sort of means that you have symptoms of PTSD, but you're still kind of going through a traumatic event. Um, but again, I haven't been diagnosed with either of those. They're just symptoms that I experience a lot. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, a lot of it was trying to improve it for me because these things really affect your day-to-day -day life, you know? It's not just when you're having a bad day or when something bad happens. Like, it really affects everything. Um, for example, like, if I hear a TV show on, the, on in the background and they're screaming in it, I get really anxious and I'll, I could even get a panic attack from that. Right. Um, there have been instances where I'll black out from it because I'm just like not getting enough oxygen from hyperventilating. And so, I mean, it like really affects everything, you know, like just hearing a TV show in the background can make someone black out, even though it's really not a traumatic event. But so, I mean, just simple things like that made me realize that this issue is a lot bigger than people think it is. Um, and it probably affects way more people, even like on a small level, you know, it still matters. So yeah, it was, definitely about improving my day-to-day -day experiences, but also just understanding that a lot of people probably have similar experiences and like wanting to help them as well. Right, and you're talking about diagnosing stuff with mental health disorder disorders, like I can imagine, you know, it's because it's not very concrete, like in the diagnosing process of like a mental health disorder, like there's no specific like, this is what you have, this, this, and this, you know, it's very hard because it's not very visible. Like when you're like a doctor, and you have a physical injury, like he can tell you, this MRI shows that you have like a tumor or something, or like you have this, because they can see it. But with mental health, you can't really see like, oh, this part of the brain shows that you're this. It's sort of like the things you're saying sound like this, and that makes it very hard to diagnose. So, I mean, just talk a little bit more about like the diagnosing process and like, you know, like the flaws with it or like why it isn't seen as like such a big deal. I mean, now more than ever, it's seen as very important, but like, previously it wasn't very touched upon yeah i think for like diagnosing the biggest challenge is that it's really not accessible to a lot of people because it's not easy to find a psychiatrist psychologist you know neurologist whatever that you can go to and get tested and go through multiple tests and then get diagnosed and possibly receive medication if you need it like it's just not an easy thing to do, especially for a lot of people who just like don't have access to those types of doctors or like, you know, even financially, doctors are really expensive. Um, so I think that's a big challenge of it. And another thing is that a lot of people have tendencies of certain mental health disorders, but don't have the full disorder. And for a lot of people, including myself, like 
it's like that adds another challenge because it makes it harder to understand what I'm experiencing because if someone asks like, oh, why is this happening to you? I can't say, oh, I have this, you know? It's, right. it's confusing to say, oh, I have tendencies of this mental health disorder because then it feels like you're degrading, you know, the symptoms you have. Um, and they may be lesser than someone who has the full disorder, but it still feels like you're just saying that you are not breathing well when you're, in, when you're anxious or, you know, something like that, rather than saying like, no, I actually get very anxious and like stuff like that. So I think those are the two main challenges is that diagnosing can be very vague because you can have one tendency, you can have 10 tendencies and still not have the full disorder. So there's like a big range um, and it varies from person to person. So that's a big challenge. And also just like having actually getting access to that, you know? Right. So then you have like the diagnosing part of it where it's like, oh, I have these tendencies and obviously these tendencies aren't going to be very healthy in day-to-day life. Like I can imagine that blacking out, you know, it's not ideal like at all, but so what are some things that like generally work for you and how did you remedy it? yeah it's taken a very long time to find things that work um i think the two biggest ones for me would be like the arts like dancing or music just like sitting alone in dark room listening to music um and writing because i feel like the difference between those two is that writing gives me the chance to indulge in what i'm feeling and try to like break it apart and understand it and then be more comfortable with what I'm feeling. Whereas the arts are more like a distraction. So it kind of depends if I want to understand it more and feel comfortable with it, or if I just want to like take time away from what I'm feeling. But that's the thing is like everything kind of works differently for everyone. There's no one size fits all for mental health, you know, something different may worsen symptoms for someone else, but For me personally, it's the arts specifically because the arts are so abstract and mental health is so complex and very like fact-based. Also, right? Right, yeah. And so it kind of makes it easier to take something complex like mental health and like break it down into the arts, which is more abstract and just like more up for interpretation. So you kind of just feel more comfortable with it um, rather than just listening to stats and, and, you know, feeling whatever you're feeling and not understanding it. So that's what works for me. But I mean, I've heard a lot of different other things that work for other people. It's just like, it takes years sometimes to experiment through different coping mechanisms and see what works for you. I mean, I feel like that, you know, like a really good way to not like remedy and completely fix the problem. What I've noticed is that a lot of it has to do with like purpose. You know what I mean? Like you said, dancing, and like it just seems that if you have like a hobby or something you like and you just do it consistently, your mental health can like significantly improve because you're busy doing something else that hopefully you like and it's giving you like, well, like, like serotonin and dopamine effects, right? And so, like, that's why I watched this TikTok, ironic, you know, but about how like the humans have like they have three spaces right so the first two one is workspace which is like i'm working so in our case it'd be school soon to be college right and like just like that whole studying thing that's like one space takes like a significant part of our life right whether it be school or like actually working and then the second space is like social where it's like friends relationships all that it's like when you come home from work you come home from school you hang out with your girlfriend you come home from work you hang out with your wife 
like you have dinner with your friends, drink with your friends, like whatever, right? And then the third phase, which is often the most overlooked, is just like time for you where your thoughts can be thoughts and you can just exist, you know? And that doesn't mean watch TV because watch TV, your thoughts can just still be like very like dangerous, not necessarily dangerous, but like very like maybe not the best, right? You're not really doing mm-hmm. anything, you're kind of like sitting still. But like when you're in your third space and you're doing something like maybe like for me personally, it's running, which I find in my third space, like a 40 minute run, like I like I'm distracted, I'm listening to music, I'm happy, and that carries over the rest of my day and it really helps cope with like I mean, I don't have mental health issues, but like like any teenager, like kind of a little bit of anxiety with like stress and do, like, you know, applying to college, all that stuff. And it, it really helps. Like I don't really feel anything afterwards. But like if I don't for a long period of time, it like it really gets to me and I feel really down on myself, you know. Mm-hmm. So I feel like like a really common solution is just to like make sure you're taking care of your third space. I like to think of like myself as like a plant and if I don't give it water and sunlight then you know like I can't like do one not the other it's not gonna work like it's both and then that's how you maintain like a healthy plant that's what I like to think of yes for sure and I also think like that third space of being alone with yourself can be really uncomfortable and scary for a lot of people especially when that's like not their norm because you know all of a sudden being left alone with yourself can be like really challenging if you're not sure like what to expect and like you know a lot of people want to be distracted all the time so that they don't have to deal with what's actually going on inside their heads when like really that is really important it's just like the issue is that for some people can be so uncomfortable to get in that space and feel okay in it so that's part of the thing that I'm trying to help with it's like allowing people to feel safe with themselves you know and be comfortable just like thinking being alone not having to do something all the time just like allowing themselves to relax and breathe and like let their thoughts be thoughts like you said right i mean i haven't done much research on mental health i just know what feels good and i know what doesn't so you know i just kind of like go with that but um i know you're really into it like you know like we go to the same school obviously so like, I've seen you do a bunch of things in mental health, like, you know, you have, you have an Instagram account for this kind of stuff, you did some projects. So what are some things you've been doing to educate not only yourself about mental health, but, like, other people? And, like, talk about, like, the form you do it in, because I think that's interesting. Yeah, so my friends, Alina and I, we created Psychemic NYC, which is our sort of startup for mental health. And the whole idea behind it is that, like, everyone learns in a different way. So we're approaching mental health through the arts and sciences. Um, So for example, for people like me who like to dance or like to draw or write, whatever, anything in the arts, we created two poetry books as well as performing arts videos about mental health that portray different disorders through performing arts and dance. Um, And the reason we did that is because, like I said, like this is what works for me. It's more abstract, so it's just easier to understand and it feels more comfortable. So you kind of feel more validated and like safe with those ideas. Um, and then there's other people who want who want more of the facts because that's just how they learn better. So we created a book about the biological mechanisms behind developing mental health disorders. So that's one of our products as well. Um, and yeah, so our main ideas is just to like, explore things through different mediums because we know that people learn things in different ways um and so that can help educate different types of learners so it's not you know only tailored to one type of person um so yeah so we'll be able to spread it to a lot of different people in different communities 
how's that been going? Like, like the distribution process, like what's your experience? Like, has it helped? Like, have you got any feedback? Like, how's that whole reading the book thing been going so far? Yeah, I mean, I like to say it's going pretty well. One of the biggest things is that we sent out a survey to the middle school and high school at Avenues. And so all of the responses that we got, which we got many shockingly, um, but all the responses were really helpful because you get to see like different age ranges and how like you really don't expect people to be going through some things that they are, you know, there could be a 12 year old going through some really serious things. Um, and so, you know, that kind of helped us with making these products and making the startup because we get to tailor to all these different types of people who are in different situations. Um, so, I mean, now we're kind of just working on getting it out there because we have all these things that can work for different types of people. We just need to make sure that they have access to it um, because we really think that what we're doing can help, hopefully, if not many people, then at least just one, you know? Right. And what about outside of Avenue? Is there anything, any progress there? Yeah, so our biggest accomplishment as of right now is that this week we found out, uh, like you mentioned with the Olympics earlier, how Simone Biles dropped out of many of her events to prioritize her mental health. So we got in touch with one of her managers and we're actually able to send our products to her as a gift. Um, so we just mailed it to her today. So we'll see how that goes. But that was one of our biggest accomplishments um, so we're just trying to get in touch with different people to see how we can spread this. Um, and then also like there's the Hoboken library that we're working with. We also partnered with the National Alliance on Mental Illness, the New York City branch, um, and they're receiving 100% of the profits of all our products. So yeah, we're really just trying to branch out to different companies and different individuals um, who have a connection to this topic as well. Well, that's great. I mean, Simone Biles, I mean, in terms of mental health right now, she's at the forefront of that. That was a very big, um, well, very big event. And I think also a very big turning point in like people like realizing mental health because when someone asks why the way dad is taking a step back and naming mental issues the cause, it provides, you know, more serious tone to it. But we are, you know, wrapping up. And so I just wanted to ask before we end, like, what are some, you know, like, quick tips like you do like if you're having a little bit of anxiety before something or just like a little bit of mental health issue like what are some like tips you do like for you know listeners at home to try maybe when the next time they have like a little bit of a rough, rough spot with their mental health yeah my biggest thing is writing um that's how we created the poetry books most of those poems were written when I wasn't at my best um but that's like a great coping mechanism because it's partially a distraction when you're trying to think of what sounds good just in terms of like the writing in general. But we're also, you know, like it, it also helps because you get to put what you're feeling on a page and then what you're feeling is like tangible, you know, it's on a physical page. And I don't know why, but that actually helps for me a lot because it just makes it feel more real. Um, and then another quick thing would just be like kind of activating your senses, um, whether that be, you know, like dancing for me, it's just like moving around, um, listening to music, stuff like that, because a lot of that just distracts you. Um, one of the more known things for anxiety is like uh, listing five things you see, four things you smell, three things you could touch and so on. So just like being more in touch with your senses helps a lot because it grounds you and puts you in the moment. So whatever you can do to get yourself in the moment, is whatever will probably work at least short term.
You know, I might actually try that. Everybody's telling me to do journaling and I never do it, but maybe I'll start. Anyways, thank you so much for joining the podcast today and everybody, I'll see you on the next episode.